Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk radio Show. Talk show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use. No doubt starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for January the 5th in the year of our Lord, 2024. This is our one of two in the goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, to promote God, family, and country, to do so on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America, with its checks and balances and everything else to preserve the republic. Ladies and gentlemen, we have got to use the contracts, the delegations that we gave government to chain them down and make them obey their proper role of government responsibilities. Nothing more, nothing less. With jurisdictional boundaries, with checks and balances, and the whole bit. Wow, what a wonderful supreme law of the land document we have if we would only obey it, right? We reject revolution, as you know, unless it's a Jesus revolution, then we're in. We actually stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Dr. Scott Bradley's with me. Welcome, sir. Well, howdy. How you all doing this morning? Um, and I absolutely agree with that idea when Jefferson and Madison popularized uh, with binding them down from mischief with the change of the Constitution. But that's not going to happen if they're just made out of parchment. We've got to have courageous people that are voting, courageous people that are in office. Our representatives have got to understand this, and they've got to do the proper checks and balances because if they're just mamby-pamby rollover at any uh, whim or maybe they just like their office and the money that's involved, don't ever, don't ever push back on anything. Uh, they got to be room, removed from office. So it takes it takes a broad spectrum of things, but the Constitution was designed to prevent the abuse of power, and we're just not using it as we should. Nobody. Sadly, is, they've think. turned the Constitution on its head now, and if you're a good guy, you go to jail or get kicked out of office. If you're a bad guy, somehow you can stay in the deep state. Our guest today, Mr. Steve King, former congressman, nine terms, by the way, after years of serving in Congress as a conservative leader, Congressman King was targeted with a, quote, well-orchestrated hit, if you will, by the leftist media and the Republican establishment. Imagine that. His crime, ladies and gentlemen saying that Western civilization is superior, is better. SteveKing.com, his website, he wrote a book telling his side of the story. The book is called Walking Through the Fire, My Side of the Story, My Fight for the Heart and Soul of America. Um, he really did a great job with this book, and man, it's more relevant now than even when he wrote it. Uh, it's, it's, it's amazing how you can almost anticipate the deep state's next moves how relevant it is. In fact, Michelle Malkin wrote the foreword to this thing, and she says, Never before in my nearly 30 years as a conservative journalist and proud American have the forces of evil converged so insidiously to sabotage freedoms and destroy our great country. And she goes on. She talks about big tech. 
big pharma, big business, big, quote, media, and all of it, big government, all working together to do what? To tear down the pillars of our sovereignty in America. It's not a conspiracy theory. It is the truth, she says. Steve, welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live, sir. Well, thanks a lot for having me on this morning, Sam. And that's a tremendous introduction. I and, and I really appreciate going through Michelle Malkin's words. I, I wish I could write like her. My book would really be a good one. Um, but <laughs> it, the, the points that you make are all there, and it's become more and more clear day by day. Uh, the foundation that's in my book has been expanded upon, and I wrote everything I knew that I could prove at the time. And I've learned things since, and I don't know if I'll get around to writing a sequel, but there's a whole other thing to open up here that gets bigger and bigger and goes more and more to globalism, to the deep state, to the World Economic Forum, the World Health Organization, the UN, the network of the Union Party, or excuse me, the Unity, the, 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 uh, the Unity Party, the Uniparty, excuse me, and um, with the um, establishment of the Republic Party and essentially all the Democrats and the leftists around the world and Klaus Schwab and all, they are converging on this country, just suck the blood out of us. Um, and, a, and a lot of it is the global warming, the climate change agenda that's out there, the carbon credits, but that's one tentacle of the octopus of the reach into our freedom. And so uh, I'm ever more informed than I was then, and I'm ever more, I'm, I'm way active now, uh, as busy out of Congress as I was in, and I don't know if I'm having more impact, but it seems like I am. Well, I can tell you this, what Steve King was guilty of saying Many people believe it. They just don't have the guts to put it into words because they know uh, that the persecution and prosecution and everything else will be uh, just brutal if they do. But Steve said that the Western civilization is a superior civilization. And I want to be very clear about this. Steve's not saying we are great because we're white. That's how they manipulate it. What Steve merely is saying is the principles that made America great are the keys and that's why the Western civilization is a superior civilization. It looks to God, family, and country, not to government for solutions. Because of that, you had media defamation, libel, slander, political assassination, if you will, the hit which took you out of Congress. Um, that's pretty significant in terms of its ramifications, too, because all they're going to do is keep chipping at that block. Who's next? Who's next? Who's next? Who's next? If we allow this to stand, Steve. Well, and if you notice, I don't remember we had any vocal voices that, re that remained in Congress after I left. I, I know uh, watching in on that, and I would see things like, for example, we had uh, 15,000 illegal alien Haitians under the bridge in Del Rio, Texas. And um, I know what I'd have done if I'd have been in Congress at the time. I would have gone down there and I would have held what we call a faux hearing, which is a French word for fake because it wouldn't be an official hearing. But I'd have set up tables right there in the front of that with the backdrop, the bridge and the milling illegal aliens under that bridge. And, and I brought other members down and the press and we would have beaten up on the administration until they cured the problem. And I sent that message out to eight different former colleagues in the House and Senate. I only got one answer back and it said, I wish we had better leadership. And that was so disappointing to me that and, and who's gone to, to the D.C. Gitmo uh, to really make the issue for the detainees there. Um, and, I, and I know that Marjorie Taylor Greene has, Louis Gohmert has, maybe a few others I've forgotten, but it hasn't been a big show in front of that place. You bring your sleeping bags and set up the tents and you hang in there till you win. Um, you just got to be strong because we've got we've got this God given liberty that is the target. And if they take away 
our individual rights. Individual rights are on target here worldwide. And in our, in our freedom, individual rights and freedom, and those folks don't believe we have such a thing. They think they should be managing all of us right down to you will own nothing and you will be happy. That is the backdrop of all of this. And we, and I, what I see coming, Sam, is I, I, I really, I regret even that I've come to this thought process, and I don't know that's a conclusion yet, but seven or eight years ago, I said we're moving in the direction of a civil war. And we're hearing about the, the coastal states, in particular the West Coast, wanting to secede from the Union. Um, and, I, and I sure don't want to see that because it would be Japanese missiles sitting in California within a generation. Uh, I, mean, I mean Chinese missiles uh, in, uh, within a generation. And, uh, but, but the countries instead divided ideologically. And the, and the ideology, the hardcore Marxist, godless, atheist, um, suppressive dictatorship left is, is encroaching upon our God-given liberties on the right. And they can't be reconciled. So if you get to the point where they can't be reconciled, then how is that resolved? Well, in history, it's a revolution. Uh, there are some examples of velvet revolutions in history. Czechoslovakia would be one of those, the Czech Republic. Um, that's what I hope it comes to. I don't know how else we solve it unless, unless we figure out how to discount all of the stuff that comes through cyberspace at us and the, the misinformation is there, and the algorithms that they use to manipulate all the actions we do. I mean, we don't well, even I would say this. I would say pure application of the principles that made America great, meaning pure application of the supreme law of the land, the Constitution, and the traditions of the Founding Fathers uh, is one of the ways to restore the republic. And, yes, it's going to be hard. We need a lot of education. But it's something that we can peacefully stand on and hold them down with the rule of law. When people push back and stand up, good things happen literally every time. Now, in your book, you talk about the magnitude and impact of the illegal alien invasion. And the reason that I'm bringing this up right now is um, Mike Johnson just literally took 60 Republicans and went down to the border. House GOP supposedly raises the stakes shut the border down or shut the government down frc.org with this piece um let's go ahead and skip the break uh so okay. while the rest of congress is soaking up the rest of their vacation mike and crew went down there to see what's happening and if the goal of mike was to help folks understand remind them what they're fighting for in the standoff against joe biden and crew this ought to get it done they say do you think they have the mojo to really follow through and uh, close the border, close the government? Well, I've been through a couple of government shutdowns, and uh, I've watched the spines of these people, and Mike Johnson's a good man. I hope so. I don't know that I would place a big bet on that, but I would be, and, I'm, and I've been supporting this from, from my perch uh, also. Hold out, shut the government down until the border's secured, and, and the leverage they have is no money to Ukraine unless and until we secure our own border. And so I think that's the right, right place to be, the right leverage to have. They've been using it for several months now, and the trip to the border helped put the spotlight on that. And, and I, I'm, I'm disappointed that so few members have gone to the border in the past. I made so many trips down there, I, I, I can't count them. Um, but I learned a lot, and I would ride with Border Patrol agents all night long. And uh, what you do and what you see fills you in, and that's one piece of the jigsaw puzzle. But you can see the picture much better if you're down there in the middle of it talking to the people that are living it. I just I can't believe that we can just throw our sovereignty away like that and allow, uh, let's, let's say, Chinese um, military-age Chinese men pour in by the thousands, uh, but not just China, all the other countries in the world. 
there should be, in, in our rule of law world, our constitutional world, there shouldn't be a single person in the United States of America that's unlawfully present here. Every one of them should be deported. And, uh, you know, if they want to apply to come back to the United States under the law, there's a 10-year bar. You have to wait after we deported you 10 years before you can apply again. Um, so I would say to them, why don't you just leave so you got a chance to apply to come in legally? That might save you half a decade. It's five-year wait uh, otherwise. Dr. Bradley? <laughs> Well, there are so many facets that uh, have been uh, exposed here today. I tell you, which one do you pull on? But uh, mm. I just, I'll just pick up one one little piece. I, I I'm a firm believer that, uh, and I believe I can document this to the nth degree, that uh, the First Amendment, the right of speech and, and press, was put there to preserve our liberty, to preserve the blessings of proper government. There. Um, the controlled media today, the ownership of that by basically deep state uh, denizens has uh, prevented a lot of these things from being brought forth. I think, Sam, your program, you know, was a great effort to try and expose these things. But what Steve is doing, I think, and suggesting is that there needs to be more uh, brought forward so that it's more widely understood. I mean, these ideas of having press conferences, press releases, uh, you know, showing up, showing face uh, with uh, those that will help bring this to the light of the public. You know, for all of his faults, Ronald Reagan knew how to use the press. He knew how to communicate, the great communicator. And Ronald Reagan would take a message to the people, and the people responded. And I think that needs to happen more often now. People need to be able to say, wait, wait, I, uh, where did, how come they're not talking about this in the mainstream press or the lame brain press, as I call them, because of the control aspect. But I really believe that uh, exposing it, uh, it makes it more difficult. Uh, the idea of government can be sanitized by giving it the sunlight of, of uh, public exposure. So I think this is one thing that we need to pursue more often. Uh, uh, boots on the ground, let's show them what it's like and let the people uh, become outraged by it uh, so that they can do it. We are losing this well, I'm praying that Mike Johnson can really bring this up and can really stand on this issue where, hey, we're going to shut down the government if you don't shut down the border. See, right now you got uh, the president suing Texas saying you guys can't make your own laws and shut down the border because of the Commerce Clause. Well, they manipulate all of this or because of the Supremacy Clause or whatever else. They're lying to you folks about this. The Supremacy Clause does not let any, any law or any rule just give the federal government absolutely dictatorial control. That's a lie straight from the pit of hell. The truth is there are checks and balances, and the truth is that the federal government or the general government does have authority over the border, but only in partnership with the dual sovereign, the state, ladies and gentlemen. This is key to understand. Steve, do you want to respond to that? Because I believe uh, that Texas is going to win a lot of these uh, lawsuits and stuff over this. They have every right to protect their own sovereignty. There's a dual sovereignty in America that they're forgetting about here. Well, I do believe that, and, and I would say in addition, it says in the Constitution that the federal government is required to defend the states in the case of invasion. And I don't know how you define what's going on on the border any more precisely than this is an invasion. It's an invasion of multi-millions of, of illegal aliens that are pouring into the border, armed or not. I, I know that um, I did this math a while back, and when I was in Congress, I, I asked the question, how many came across the border with Santa Ana's army? And that's about five to 7,000. And that was in one single, you know, and so we have, that was about the quantity of one single night, even then. Um, so it is an invasion. They've got an obligation. And that decision of SB 1070, 
that was uh, written by Arizona that was heard in the Supreme Court um, some years back. Um, uh, uh, state Senator and former president of the state Senate now since passed away, sadly, Russell Pierce uh, is the one that brought that bill. And, uh, and, uh, and, and then, uh, so I sat there in the Supreme Court and listened to that argument. Of course, the decision came out later, but to argue that the states can't mirror federal immigration law. They can't, they can't cooperate and supplement and, and uh, they can't go, they can't go beyond federal immigration law and they can't even support federal immigration law and they're preempted from enforcing the border. That was the decision. That was horrible. And that was a different court than today. Um, but uh, I, I would say too that I don't know what all uh, Mike Johnson and the 60 did down on the border. I, I've been a little tied up myself, but he could have had and should have, and I hope he did have hearings down there right in the middle, like I talked about, where all of the mass of the humanity are pouring through when you've got uh, Border Patrol agents and, uh, and Custom Border Protection people scrambling and buses hauling people into America and planes taking off, flying illegal aliens to cities in America at our, our expense. He's got, he could have had hearings down there. We did a hearing on immigration at Ellis Island back in about 2007 or 8 uh, to celebrate the illegal immigration. That was actually Democrats that called that. We could have hearings down there on the border the same way we did at Ellis Island. You've got the Judiciary Committee. It could be a full committee hearing. Uh, you've got the Oversight Committee. You've got the Homeland Security Committee. All three of them could have gone down there and held, held hearings right with that backdrop. And that would have echoed across the country. And, boy, that would, that would entrench into the minds of those members that maybe aren't paying enough attention how serious this is. Uh, for me, I, uh, oh, I, 25 years ago, I was animated over this. And, and said in 2006, I built a, a wall a model wall on the floor of the House of Representatives because Paul Ryan said it's too hard. <laughs> oh, we have a construction company. We can build that wall. I don't want to do it, but we know how. And so, and then the, the ruling that came down that said that, that um, the federal government can cut the fence that uh, Texas puts up to protect the United States border. I mean, it's a, you know, that's a, we're not shooting at each other yet with the Texas uh, military and the Texas, uh, Texas um, uh, law enforcement. In our, in our U.S. military, but that's a standoff. That's the kind of standoff that if I'm the governor, I don't know what I do in Texas to, I, I think I'd put people there to say, we are not gonna allow your federal agents to come in here with your wire cutters. This is our state and we're gonna protect it from that foreign country. And furthermore, all of the drug, the drug smuggling, the cartels that own that border. And um, we are losing 100,000 Americans a year, probably 70,000 of them to illegal, illegal drugs coming in. That's a whole lot worse than Santa Ana's army. And uh, and so we need to lead. Do you think it's possible to hold the president to account for this? He has an obligation. And if he's derelict in his duty at some point, we, the people, along with the the several states and the governors of those states and the legislative bodies. And at some point, we need to rein this in and say, look, we you can't do this. At at some point, it borders on um, a national security breach of epic proportions where, you know, they're trying to talk about Donald Trump and an insurrection. But. It's insurrection-type behavior, in my mind, to knowingly, willingly let our nation be subject to a national security crisis uh, by a porous border. Um, well, yeah, I think what, King, what, do you, what do you say to that? Well, well, Sam, what you said is bad, but I think it's worse. Um, it, it's, it's worse because of the, the insidious nature of this whole operation. I mean, they are just blatantly opening the borders and pouring in millions of people. The invitation has gone around the world. Anybody that wants to come to America, the easiest way to get here is come through Mexico. And, uh, and so and, and it is, it's, tens of, it's tens of millions. Uh, when I went to Congress, they said it was 11 million illegal aliens in America. And then about 10 years later, they got to 12 million. Then it slid back to 11 million. How can this be? 
Uh, we had four million coming in a year. Now it's substantially more than that, I believe. Um, so, who's you know who's got the juice to do this? They started impeachment inquiry on President on President Biden, but it's being slow walked in some way. That should have happened right away as soon as he opened the borders up. Bang! Let's bring it. Then we're not going to let you do this. And by the way, shut the government down then and until this gets fixed. So, but I think the machinery, the executive branch of government, the Democrat machine, the the squishy rhinos, the, the leadership that we have had, and Kevin McCarthy is one of the people I'm talking about, uh, they allowed this to happen because the Uniparty wants to stay in power, and they don't mind what's going on with America as long as they can stay in power. And some of them are calculating, especially on the left side, they're calculating just to break this country down, destroy our Constitution and the rule of law, break the spirit of Americans, fracture the families, all of these things that are pillars of American exceptionalism. So I'd say, if I were going to summarize all this, I would say all of us need to go forth every day and refurbish the pillars of American exceptionalism, hold them strong, refurbish them, and build this culture that will push back. And if we can't do that, we're going to have to either submit to the other side or we're going to have to challenge them directly and hopefully ways that are nonviolent. But Thomas Jefferson wouldn't have ruled out violence, and I wouldn't either. Dr. Bradley? Well, again, the constitutional uh, footing that we have is is well established, well understood. Uh, the president has violated his oath of office that he take care that the laws be faithfully executed. The Congress created the laws as Article 1, Section 8 allows and uh, actually assigns that duty to them. The laws have been created. The president has failed to enforce them. The president is is uh, should face a, a, a great outswelling of um, uh, impeachment efforts. Some of this Bravo Sierra that they're spreading around right now, it's all bad. Yeah, I know this influence peddling and and the stuff of the vice president's office and what he's doing with Hunter and all that kind of stuff. It's kind of like I fear with the Bill Clinton and the tawdry affair with the uh, intern. It's it's going to oh, come on, guys. This goes on all the time. The president has violated his oath of office. He is not faithfully executing the laws. And again, Article Four, Section Four, was was mentioned earlier. The the uh, the general government has a responsibility to protect invasion. If you look at Article One, Section Ten, the states are precluded from engaging in war unless actually invaded. I mean, these things are really going on. 108 years ago, uh, Battle of Columbus in New Mexico, when uh, a few of these uh, ragtag uh, Mexicans came across the border, the people pushed back. I mean, it was an out-and-out, full-engage, World War II-style battle when the town got set on fire and everything like that. But they said, no, you're not coming over. And and stuff like that happens, and, and the Constitution says... Yeah, it's, um, you know, people have got responsibilities, but they're not being fulfilled. Uh, you can't just allow yourself to be rolled over and, and just kind of whimper and die. And we are under a full-blown invasion during Clinton. Uh, Clinton, yeah, Clinton's another story. But during uh, Biden's uh, during Biden's time in office, we know of 6 million that have come in. We don't know how many more getaways there were and everything like that. They're from all over the world, the Middle Eastern insurgents, the, the people from, from uh, China particularly, and, and yes, South America, Central America, and Mexico. It is a cross-the-board, across-the-border invasion. And if you have had 6 million people come in in, in just the short period of time that Biden's been in office, it's a World War II-size invasion. 
It is, and the problem is those people are being encouraged now to vote, which could literally dovetail this border crisis into election fraud. Uh, We've got some serious, serious national security issues to discuss, ladies and gentlemen, on all fronts. We've got a quick pause, but when we come back, I want to talk to Steve King about an announcement he made. It's a huge press release. We'll tell you about it in seconds. Former Congressman Steve King with us. Check out his book. Get a copy today. Walking Through the Fire, My Fight for the Heart and Soul of America. Steve King tells his side of the story at steveking.com and find bookstores everywhere. Hang tight. More in seconds on your radio. Protecting your liberties. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News. I'm Ryan Daniels. Sixty Republican congressmen led by new House Speaker Mike Johnson take time to tour the southern border in Eagle Pass, Texas. From from California to Maryland, from Michigan to, to Florida, every state in America is now a border state. Meanwhile, the White House is piling blame on Republicans. Speaker Johnson continues with the House Republicans to make this a political issue. Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre told reporters that Republicans rejected President Biden's supplemental funding request, but Republicans argue there also needs to be significant policy changes to slow down the flow of immigrants. Colorado's Democratic Secretary of State says she believes former President Trump is an insurrectionist while at the same time likely including his name on primary ballots in that state anyway. Secretary of State Jenna Griswold spoke out on Wednesday. At the same time, though, Colorado's deadline to finalize presidential primary ballots is Friday, and Griswold is not bound by a Colorado Supreme Court's earlier decision to keep Trump's name off the ballot, at least not yet. The issue is being resolved in the courts. Biden administration officials, including those at the U.S. State Department, say they don't know who was behind the attack inside Iran Wednesday that left 100 people dead. The Israel-Hamas war turning global continues to be a fear amongst those in D.C. Both inside Israel, uh, whether it be in the north or whether it be in the West Bank or outside of Israel uh, in other countries in the region. The death toll continues to rise in the wake of this week's large earthquake in Japan. There are now at least 73 people confirmed dead after the magnitude 7.5 quake shook western Japan on New Year's Day. Roughly 30,000 people have been forced to evacuate. This is USA News. Omaha Steaks is rewriting the book on burgers with an all-new handmade texture for the juiciest home-style burgers you've ever tasted. Their pure ground burgers are made from single cuts of real aged Omaha Steaks. These are truly steaks on a bun. Filet mignon, ribeye, New York strip, sirloin, and even brisket burgers. Now is the time to experience the exclusive burger perfection flight for just $79.99. Go to omahasteaks.com and use promo code TREAT at checkout to get an extra $20 off your order plus free shipping. You'll get four of each pure ground burger so you can sample all the steak on a bun greatness. These burgers are crafted for a juicier, more tender experience, making your mouth water with every 
every single bite. Don't wait. Go to OmahaSteaks.com. Use promo code TREAT at checkout and get $20 off the burger perfection flight and discover your new burger obsession. Minimum order may be required. My name is Christian Knuckles. I prophesy there will be no revival until the church leadership stops lying to the people. I'm the first soldier of the spiritual body of Christ, the Lion of Judah, the Confederate Church of Christ. I'm here to declare the lion will lie down with the lamb when the lying stops. A message from Christ Kingdom Ministries and brought to you by confederatechurchofchrist.com. Introducing Managed IT Services from NPI. We offer top-notch data backup and recovery, email spam protection, and network security tailored to your needs and budget. With 20-plus years of experience in the medical field, our HIPAA-certified consultants know what it takes to protect sensitive information. Don't settle for less. Give us a call at 801-706-6980 and experience the difference with Managed IT Services. Remember, your IT support should be fast, efficient, and reliable. The spirit of the American West is alive and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues of the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today and gift ideas like this year's Buckaroo calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. I think that my family has always had a big influence on me for not smoking because since I was little I was taught that smoking was wrong. Recent studies indicate that smoking among teens often leads to the use of alcohol and other drugs. I think having faith in God is a big part in it because the way I was raised has helped to avoid smoking. Smoking. If you think you're old enough to start, you're smart enough to stop. A public service message from this station and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Okay, so uh, I mentioned something just before the break that uh, may be uh, kind of way deep buried in the brain cells of a lot of Americans. And uh, so just just as a little update before we talk about uh, some other things that have to do with the border, uh, back uh, back in 1915, 1916, uh, Mexico was going through a revolution, which they did about every year or two anyway for so many decades, it's not even funny. But they had a battle on the north end of, of uh, Mexico, and uh, Pancho Villa got his butt kicked. And they were pretty well disorganized. By the way, Pancho Villa and the crowd, they were absolute, abject, completely, totally communists. They were red flaggers. If, if Mexico had fallen to Villa at that time, it would have been like Russia on our southern border. Because, you know, in 1917, the Russians did their thing. And the Bolsheviks took over there, but um, but at any rate, while the uh, the northern army of Pancho Villa was in disarray, they they were wandering around northern Mexico. They decided to go across the border and and pick up what they could from the more prosperous American side. And so in March they went across the border into Columbus, New Mexico. Uh, the people there were well armed, which uh, we need to remember is a very very important part of our heritage. And they pushed back. There was a military unit close by there, a cavalry unit. I think 13th Cavalry Regiment was stationed at the town. 
And so they they pushed back, and there was a full-blown military style. I mean, if you go back and look at the pictures, I mean, uh, Columbus was burned. It looked like a World War One, World War Two kind of battlefield. But the people responded and pushed back. And uh, and that was from a, an encroachment, if you will, euphemistic term. Today we have millions coming across the border. We don't respond. Yeah, they say, well, they're not armed. Yeah, most of them are. They're going to be armed. Trust me, they will be armed. Many of them are probably um, just capably sitting aside, waiting for orders, whatever, whether it's Chinese people or people from the Middle East, uh, people that are going to be terrorists of one sort or another and using today's vernacular. But but America's been down this road before, and the people pushed back in Columbus, uh, New Mexico, back 108 years ago. But today, we're just pushovers, and, and our president is guilty of actually allowing the invasion of this nation during his administration, at least 6 million that we know of have come across the border. That doesn't count the, the getaways. So that's kind of the backstory on that thing that happened 108 years ago. Well, and to, and to you pick want that to talk up, talk about that, Steve. I'm yeah, sorry, Steve. Uh, uh, do you have Do you have me now? Am I connected? You bet. We're, I, okay, I, I okay. can hear you. Okay, good, good. Um, well, I want to say first that um, I'm I'm impressed with Dr. Bradley's understanding of history, and I'm glad that you rolled this out this way because mine's just pieces of what you actually fleshed out. But I, I would remark that, that yes, 1916. Um, the much Pancho Villa's people came across the border. They had the big fight in Columbus. 18 Americans were killed. About 80 of Villa's forces were killed. And it took a little while for the Americans to get together and get organized because it was night and they weren't prepared. But once they rallied forth, uh, they defended themselves with great vigor. And uh, that was when uh, our, uh, our President Wilson decided, uh, I've had enough of this. And he sent General Pershing down there to chase Pancho Villa around Mexico. And General Pershing of um, the Spanish-American War and in the Philippines fame um, didn't actually catch catch Villa, but we rose up as a country with an invasion of, what, 150 or so of Villa's troops came across the border. That was enough. And here we are with um, 6 million. I heard the words, that we know of, and that's absolutely correct, that we know of. We have testimony under oath of Border Patrol before the House Judiciary Committee that says they think they perhaps interdict 25% of those that attempt to come across the border. And when I go to the border and ask them, is that the right number? They tell me Border Patrol and those working at an ICE agent say 10% has to come first. Now, but when you open the gates up and say, welcome, probably there are, you know, the, the illegals that are squaring around the entries are probably not as great in percentage as they were because, after all, why not take the welcome wagon when you walk in? Uh, but that's what we're dealing with. This is outrageous. But I would come back to this, and that is our Constitution is the supreme law of the land. And uh, why don't we apply it with impeachment? Why don't we enforce the laws that we have written on the books by Congress? And uh, I would take us back to the Kelo decision in 2005, uh, where the Supreme Court, whether the U.S. Constitution says, nor shall private property be taken for public use without just compensation. And they wrote a 5-4 decision that said, oh, yes, we can. And I, how do we write the amendment to fix that? And we really mean it this time. That's that's a problem for me, but um, I'm glad that we have looked at this thing. Uh, two things, Pancho Villa's raid, five to 7,000 came across the border that many every night coming into America, during the day actually now because it's easier. And uh, Pancho Villa's raid, 100 or 150 of his people came in and raided Columbus, New Mexico. We pushed back on that and made sure that it didn't happen again for a long time. So we've got to respect our sovereignty. We used to. We need to get that back. 
Indeed, a Boy, nation howdy, that is that the truth, ladies and gentlemen? I'll tell you what. Look, America First Patriot Steve King endorses Vivek Ramaswamy for President of the United States of America. Now, here's what's interesting. Ramaswamy welcomes former Iowa, Iowa, oh, oh, wow, Iowa Republican Steve King, um, and he defends the congressman. So uh, they try to attack you saying, oh, white supremacy or somehow, you know, y- y- it's all bogus. They've accused us all of this, folks. You know it's absolutely bogus. Vivek ain't white, but he is right. Uh, when he basically <laughs> speaks on these topics, it's really important to understand. And believe it or not, he's speaking truth to power right now like nobody's business, Steve. Well, he sure is. And, um, you know, we've we've uh, we've met and uh, I, I actually um, I, I joined him at, a, at an event, talked to him some and then and then uh, jumped. At, well, we did, we organized an event with and for him in Des Moines. And then I got on his bus one day and went did the whole bus ride. But in about 45 minutes, he soaked up the things I had to say about this CO2 pipeline boondoggle here and the and the un, unconstitutional takings of our private property. And uh, he said, I'm with you on this, whether I'm president or not. We're going to fight this thing all the way to the Supreme Court. We will win this because this Constitution is, is there for us to protect our property. That was one of the things. But he said truth to power. And more that he is he is this quickest study as i know i've been around a lot of smart people and i wouldn't say necessarily that he's absolutely the smartest person i ever met but i would put him in the room with the 10 smartest people i ever met and i don't think i can say hey, the rest of them were smarter than him he's in the top 10 in my opinion he's a quick study um and he's principled he doesn't make these political calculations he calculates on what's well the pillars of american exceptionalism what's right and uh, I watched him when he had an opportunity to say nothing, and it would have advantaged him politically. He didn't even do the calculation. He said, we have to make sure the truth is out there. That is, that's the central tenet, by the way, of his, of his faith. And, um, and I have great respect for him and the way he stood in there and fought. And, and so uh, uh, I, and where I've been and what they have, you know, what they have done, there's still this. I, I just say the simplest way, to, if you want to defend Steve King, and I'm out here in the hustings every day now doing a lot, uh, I just tell people, when the, when the national press comes in and they continue to repeat all of the lies that they started long ago, that's the only thing they know, and that's their narrative. So they have to protect their narrative. But when they repeat that, just say to them, why don't you go find me a first-person accuser of Steve King? Why don't you find someone who experienced an event with him, heard him say, or saw him do something that can be pointed to as racist, bigoted, white supremacist, white nationalist, whatever those pejorative adjectives are, and all of the time that the press has been out here searching through all my former constituents, they haven't found a single first-person witness, not just in Iowa, by the but way, in the country. By the way, the Southern Poverty Law Center put my name on the congressional record as the nexus of hate, anti-government, uh, and uh, white supremacy, which is an absolute lie. Uh, and I am now pushing back right now saying, you know what, I want you guys to find one example. I've been on the radio more than 25 years, Steve, <laughs> two, three hours a day, six days a week. Okay, I've been at this for a long time, my friend. And I'm telling you right now, I challenge them. You find something that I've said or done that treats any of God's children less than anyone else. And you will not find it because it doesn't happen. It isn't true. Now, I do stand up for the exceptionalism of America, putting America first. I do stand by the rule of law. I do stand by all these principles that made America great. Uh, but, I, but I do not have a racial agenda. That's why I say, hey, you know what? Vivek ain't white, but he sure is right. Uh, highlighting this point that why would we be backing him up for a bunch of racists? Answer is because he's telling the truth 
more than anybody else on the stage. Now, Vivek says that he's barnstormed Iowa. He's visited every county twice. And uh, you know what? Come election primary time, there's going to be a rude awakening uh, on the ground. You think he's right? Well, Sam, I do think so. Um, I, I don't know if it's an actual shock to the world, uh, but I, I think he's going to surprise and stun a lot of people. And I go back to 2012 when Rick Santorum did 385 stops and speeches in Iowa, and uh, my chief of staff was his wheelman and uh, gave him some time off to go push that that campaign. Rick won the Iowa caucus. Um, he didn't end up with a nomination, but he earned it from the grassroots side. He didn't have any money, but he earned it. Now, Vivek's got some money, and he's working it. I'll think, I think he's working it harder and more efficiently than Rick Santorum did. Uh, and I watch the way he interacts with people, too. I mean, he'll go into a bar. He'll go into a church. And, uh, and, and it just dealing with all people, taking on all questions, giving straight answers to everything. And his refreshing approach to stripping this government down and getting rid of this burden of the federal government. And one of the things that he says is that, you know, we've grown the federal government and you give people a job and they're going to do something. And if there's nothing for them to do, they'll create something. So what they create is more oppressive regulations that strip our freedom and suck the life bar of our economy out. Um, he would strip that down and just simply cut the federal government in half first day. Um, that's bold and that's confident. And I think we have to do bold and confident things. Some of it's not as easy as maybe it sounds, but, but I, I like the vision of giving back our freedom by pulling the federal government's suppressive um, uh, rule off of us and uh, stripping down these regulations. So, uh, and I, we were at $34 trillion in national debt. $34 trillion. I checked my – I thought I remembered right when I went to Congress and swore in. And growing by the second, Steve. It is. It is. It was $6 trillion when I swore into Congress in 2003. It took me about seven or eight years to even get a balanced budget offered. And I, I could only offer it with a compromise that it would balance in 10 years. Of course, that went by the wayside. Um, but but that's, that's how bad it is. They don't want to say to their constituents, I'm going to cut whatever your stream of funding is. And I, and I say instead, um, we should be offering a budget that balances so that we know how painful it will be when we make those adjustments. We have to make them. If not, this big electronic chain letter of global economy is going to collapse on us, this Ponzi scheme. And then we go into a real deep global depression. All right. Uh, it used to say President Trump and Congressman King. Uh, now that you switched to Vivek, what do you think about Trump and his chances and his circumstances? Well, Trump's going to win in Iowa, and I'm, I'm confident that he's going to stream through in, uh, in New Hampshire and, and likely South Carolina, too. Um, I, I think you're going to see Nikki Haley and, and both in Ron DeSantis both um, not meet their polling numbers, that 14, 15 percent that they seem to be in. I think they're not going to eclipse that at any rate. I think Vivek is going to double or triple his polling numbers and at least be in that category competing for second, third, and fourth. They'll be, I think they'll be really tight, and Vivek has a chance to actually come over and finish second. I wouldn't quite predict that yet. Um, but it, it's, So with Donald Trump and the question about Trump is that, um, you know, we, we've, people have said, you know, I, I was America first before Trump made it cool or MAGA before Trump that's made right. it cool. And, and uh, yes, that's, that's all true. But, you know, I'll just tell the world now, I'm frustrated with, with President Trump. Um, not only has he shut me out over four years, but he refuses to address the property rights issue that is the number one issue here in the whole Corn Belt, but especially in Iowa right now. They want to build 3,600 miles of pipeline to collect all of the CO2 that goes out of the biodigesters of our ethanol plants. It's they're the largest they're rock crazy. It, it, it is nuts. Pipelines to, to send the CO2 down into the ground 
quote, next to the oil fields in North Dakota and in Illinois, and they want eminent domain to bulldoze their way through the best farmland in the world for their private gain. And their only customer they have is the federal government, we the taxpayers, and they're hooked up with the Chinese. Both of these investments are, are heavily China-invested. So I just, it's appalling to me. It's the biggest boondoggle I've ever seen. It's the most crooked thing I've ever seen. And the politics is wired in. I will just say this, that the governors and the leaders in the, in the state house and state senate of North Dakota, South Dakota, Nebraska, and Iowa are at this point fully owned subsidiaries of Summit Ag and Bruce Rastetter working, they've been working in cooperation with Larry Fink and with Navigator and with the World Economic Forum. This is so corrupt in its home. Which means it's, it's, selling out America for filthy lucre, ladies and gentlemen, it's criminal, and we ought to call to account all of them and take appropriate action. I, I, I believe they deserve due process, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, but that Sam, doesn't I mean say, that there's not prosecutions at the other end of that. Sorry, Sam, I just got to say, Trump won't step in and defend our property rights, and he could kill this boondoggle in five minutes. And so that's why, that's why I decided I'm going to go with the loudest voice we've got and perhaps the future of America. We can get America on the right track if we go down this path. I still call on President Trump to take a stand, defend our Constitution, defend our property rights, kill off this boondoggle. And if you do that, you'll, you will knock your competition off of the pedestal, and you'll go on with a nomination, perhaps win the presidency. Um, so but I'm working hard to protect our constitutional rights, and Vivek Ram- Ramaswamy is doing that. I'm in for all the route. I'm not changing my mind. I'm riding this horse to the end, and, I, and I'm hopeful that he comes out with a resounding uh, show here in Iowa and perhaps second place. If he does, he goes into New Hampshire with the best momentum of anybody. Dr. Bradley? Oh, man, again, so many facets. Uh, you mentioned earlier, Steve, the Kilo case. Most Americans don't even under, have never heard of it. A vast overreach about taking takings for tax benefit. This thing that's going on in the Midwest is going to make that shrink to almost infinitely small in comparison. But I got to tell you, you mentioned the uh, legislatures of a lot of these Midwestern states are in the pocket of uh, big money, big uh, government, whatever. And that's happening all over there, Steve. I mean, in Utah, it absolutely has happened. That's where both Sam and I live. It happened absolutely Mm -hmm. in Idaho. These little, you know, backwoods kind of states that uh, aren't at the center of everything except for the globalist movement are being controlled and contained by these big, um, big names that are out there with lots of money. And so this is, I think, what's happened in the most recent decades is that the, uh, the buying of government power uh, by, you know, all sorts of donations and everything like that, getting people in your pocket, then passing legislation, pulling the levers of government on your behalf. This thing that's going on in the CO2 pipeline has got to be spread out. Of course, so does the nonsense that's going on out here in the West. But um, I think Vivek has got a good approach. He's a populist kind of guy. He's going, like uh-huh. you say, into bars and talking to people. I think that what's happened is that the people need to be brought into the conversation, and I think he's trying to do that. Well, and I've and, seen uh, him do this where he takes somebody who's totally against him, and he says, listen, I'll give you the mic. Let's talk about this. Listen, you and, and believe it or not, the people walk away going, they're shocked. They're going, I thought this politician guy was just going to shut me down, and what they got was 100% the opposite. 
where uh, Vivek says, and he's right, again, we need to have conversations about all this stuff in this country. We need to have candid conversations and see if we can't come to, if we don't even agree maybe, but we can at least come to an understanding. That's one of the big things, Steve, that Vivek is doing. Nobody else has been um, candid enough or humble enough, I'm not sure which words to use, to make that happen. But Vivek is doing that, and it's paying off in spades. Well, I sure think it is, and, and I've seen him do that, too, where he's uh, standing there in front of all the national television, all the media, Des Moines, Iowa, at least I'm thinking in mind, and, and, and uh, we brought up the, the name of Bruce Rastetter, who is the, what should I call him, the oligarch uh, of the upper Midwest, and he owns ethanol plants in Brazil. He's got a global reach. He's the one that's funding many of the political campaigns throughout the states that I mentioned. He's the George Soros of the Republican side is what he is. And Vivek invited him, come, come on down here, let's talk about this. Here are the microphone, here are the cameras. He invited him before the event began, a couple of days before the event, event began, when uh, Bruce Rassiter texted him to try to correct him on his position. He said, come down here and let's tell the world. Um, uh, you can have the microphone, I'll hand it to you. And, uh, of course, Bruce Rassiter didn't show up. And, and I would say also, um, I, of course, I used to serve in the Iowa Senate. I've got good connections there. They had their caucus a couple of weeks ago where they planned their legislative session for what legislation they want to talk about and prepare for the upcoming session that starts in January. They were told by leadership inside that caucus that nothing is going to come through the Iowa Senate that, I'll use these words, not theirs, that diminishes the profit opportunity for these CO2 pipeline people or embarrasses the governor, whom we all know supports this. Um, and so they were told that straight out. It's not coming through. And so the, so the senators are sitting there saying, we don't have the votes, so we can't rule our own leadership. And, uh, and I say, then raise a ruckus and embarrass them. If you can't roll them, embarrass them. Um, but I don't know if I've gotten to that point, that, but that's how bad that is. The Iowa Senate is locked up. This would be the third year in a row they will refuse to protect property rights. And they have handed over eminent domain authority to a three-person appointed utilities board. If they grant a permit to build pipelines through this state, automatically eminent domain is companies that permit. That's and what that, that is. means is they criminally circumvent the checks and balances put in place by our founders, uh, Congressman they, King. They, they did. And, and Vivek knows this, understands it as, as clearly as anyone I know. And uh, so I'm, a, I'm enthusiastic about his candidacy. We've got a big fight on our hands. And I'm, he and I and others are ready to take this thing all the way to the Supreme Court. And I'll predict this. There's so much money there. There's $17.6 billion a year they would draw down with this endeavor uh, just in one year, and it'll, it would grow. There's so much money involved that if we get to the Supreme Court, I think we defeat them. If we defeat them, I think they go to Congress to find another way to circumvent it because greed is just – it never stops. Greed, the avarice Amen. never stops. All right, I got one more story before the end of the hour that I'm hoping you can respond to, uh, Steve King, and that's okay. this. Uh, it's written by Matt Walsh over at Daily Wire. And what he says mm -hmm. is this, the Epstein files are released, but the cover-up continues. Uh, we got now 170 names supposedly be released, uh, but this isn't damning at all. It names a bunch of people, but it, it says nobody's guilty of anything. The only person guilty is Ghislaine Maxwell. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not her friend. I think she is guilty, uh, but she's the only one paying the penalty for this. Nothing's happened to any of the people associated with Jeffrey Epstein at all so the cover-up continues on this your thoughts well i, I agree with you and i when i thought that the uh, uh paul gosar put out the, the tweet here back when uh when he died and said he didn't kill himself and uh, that was just really blunt and it got repeated a lot of times he didn't kill himself 
And uh, I, I just can't believe that that was the suicide, given all that we know. There are too many circumstances add up to it. Uh, and and so, um, yeah, all, all of these the, – well, I would say that um, um, there was a British prince that paid a price, Prince Andrew, a bit of a price. They docked his, um, docked his pay and his title. But uh, other than that, no, and, and we ought to be looking at all of this. So this, this leads to a deep depth of corruption in part of the network that, that is uniparty control of the country. And, it's and they, they mocked us the over Pizzagate, and I, I get it that some people made some missteps on the Pizzagate discussion, but the reality that there's sex trafficking at the highest levels of governments around the world is absolutely factual, and they tried to debunk it all, claiming it was conspiracy, and then contain this. What we need are true transparent investigations of every name on that list i agree with that and uh and but i, I know little about the uh, you know about the about the people or the events that are taking place but transparent investigation needs to happen uh we have to clean house that i didn't go to washington thinking that it was corrupt and i didn't look at people every day thinking you're corrupt but when i see the machinery and the network out there and the results of it and it becomes predictable um, that the corruption is confirmed by the predictability of it, and I can see it a lot better now. Um, I had a conversation with, uh, I guess I can't tell you the, the source of this, but one of the individuals that is targeted for a relentless daily pounding of trying to discredit um, a couple that are leaders in this country said uh, to me that once you're the target of this, you tend to see these symptoms a lot more clearly than before you were a target. And she looked at me and she said, Steve knows this. Um, yeah, Sam so, Bushman knows this too. <laughs> yep. Once you're a target, Sam, you're right. You know that. Um, yeah, you can start to see very clearly uh, of what's happening and a lot of the things that didn't really seem real because you want to think humans are good. You want to think that, that things are okay. And, you know, the natural man has a desire to kind of, you know, think things are going to be all right. But when you get attacked like this, they're literally saying, Hey, investigate Sam Bushman and James Edwards. They're the nexus of hate, anti-government, and white supremacy in America. And please, FBI and Justice Department, investigate them and do it now. That's literally on the congressional record for more than one year in a row now. And oh, I look my. At that and I go, are you kidding me? I have done zero. I don't even have a speeding ticket, Steve. I'm a totally blind person. I don't even drive. I don't even have a speeding ticket. I have no record whatsoever. And there's nothing that I've said that even comes close to what they're alleging. The problem is you get the FBI and the Justice Department on a roll, and then what? They Jack Smith will find something, Sam. Jack Smith will find something. Yeah, just <laughs> ask Steve Stockman, uh, huh? Oh, that's right. He's my friend, too. I want to say that on the air. Amen to that. So, Thank you, Steve King. We'll have you back soon, my friend. Godspeed, and we appreciate all your support. Thank you, Sam and Dr. Bradley. There he goes, Dr. Bradley. Sam and, uh, and the good doctor, Scott Bradley, back in seconds. One hour in the can, second hour coming up. I am Sam Bushman, lovingliberty.net. Spread the word, share the love. Check out our new phone app. It's incredible. Uh, and we, the people, along with the grace of the Almighty, we can and will restore our grand old republic. Please get involved, make it a great day, and choose the right, will you? Hey, thanks.